Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining Windy City Bropen. My name's Zach, here with co-host Jim. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Zach. Good to be back talking to you once again, even though I just saw you yesterday, but that's good to be back. It's always good to catch up. Well, today we got some sport bets that we're going to be talking about between a couple of the leagues. Then we're going to wrap up with some Chicago favorite moments. I think everyone's got them. Uh, we wanted to share a couple of ours. May or may not be from the same sport, but I guess you'll find that out later. Cannot wait. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, so Jim, what are we thinking about for the first iteration of sports bets? What do you want to talk about? What's on the agenda? Well, I think the first thing, now that we have some clarity here for the NBA, who said they're not going to start up on the 31st with their planned schedule, uh, they do have NBA Finals odds now. Uh, so, Zach, with the odds here that I'm looking at, your three favorites are, of course, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Clippers. Um, who do you who do you got? Who's your team out of those three? Or is there a secret, another team that maybe maybe we're not thinking of here? Well, I think I'm going to go with the mundane here and say that I am a fan of seeing the Bucks and Lakers match up. I think what we end up seeing is a LeBron do what LeBron does in the playoffs, and he gets to the finals. Now, what happens there? remains to be seen because I also think this might be Giannis's year to finally capture the crown. That's my bet. What do you got? Oh, well, I do like the Giannis pick, but I am actually going to be a little bit different here. Actually all the way different. I've got the Clippers winning it all. And I've actually got the Clippers versus the heat in the NBA finals. We've got the heat upset in the box. You got a former bull in there. Uh, yes jimmy buckets that hey, that's a hard playing team down there that's a tough team that's the team no one wants to play and maybe just maybe the bucks choke Giannis maybe gets one foot out the door just a little bit further that's wow. kind of where i'm thinking but I, I think Kawhi and the clippers are just too much and they win it all i'm big i'm big fan of Kawhi. i think i, I really like paul george on that team as well as montrezl harrell and they're deep it's just a really good team does that mean that Jimmy Butler, it was, a, it was a loss letting Jimmy go? Does that mean the Bulls screwed up? Could we, could we correlate this as an A to B thing? No, no, no chance. No, we'll not say that because at that point, the relationship was toast. So I don't think there was any redeeming Jimmy Butler. It was probably the best move for them to just move him at the time. And we still have Zach. We've got Lowry. We've got maybe Chris Dunn depending if they bring him back. But he finally started to play a little bit. I I don't know. I guess the long answer is I don't know. I don't think I don't think he can say that yet. If he wins it, we'll know. Uh, I, I stood, again, if he's too, a big no, be, no, because the Bulls front office at the time he was there, that changes everything. That hurts that, to hear. The front office, look how many – 
did you not learn anything from the last dance? This front office sucks. They have been bad for a while, and they've rubbed people the wrong way. I think that relationship was smoked. Even if they kept Jimmy, that doesn't mean they would have built a team or like capable of winning around him. That's what the Heat did. That's fair. And we did hear uh, that Jimmy was not the 1A, so it doesn't seem like they ever really had plans <laughs> to in the first place. Exactly. Speaking of uh, best players on their team, Zach, MVP odds – for the playoff or for well for the whole season here obviously I think we both would agree Giannis he's got the best odds I mean it's not even close and then LeBron is next with James Harden and then Luka Doncic you think uh you think Giannis is going to take it home I think it's almost a guarantee at this point which is them going to kind of re-spool into the season I don't think you see any big swinging changes coming out of the gate because I think a lot of people will be fresh so if it ends up being like a who gets more numbers thing, I think everyone can really push to get those final numbers that they're going to need. So I, I don't see any big swings or anyone tiring out. I think what you see is about what you're going to get. Um, I'd look forward in the next couple of years to see a, a few Luca MVPs, though. I definitely see in the near future that that being a possibility. So look out for that coming forward. Definitely on the Luca train for the future, but 100% Giannis is going to be the MVP. There's just nothing that you're going to do to change my mind on that one. Should we hit the NFL? Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, since we've kind of already talked a little bit about the Bears draft, uh, I guess we could open up with the rookie odds for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, so for the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, the opening favorite is Joe Burrow, of course. He's the number one overall pick. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is second, tied with Tua. Jerry Judy's fourth, and him and DeAndre Swift are tied with the same odds. Justin Herbert and Henry Ruggs are at the same odds, and then C.D. Lamb. Mm. It's your top eight right there. I, the I, I think the quarterbacks have the best two odds to really jump in and have a huge chance at this award. What I really find interesting is the second one there, Hilaire, just seeing Edwards Hilaire, seeing him with the Chiefs being put in a, a great situation to come out the gate and put up a lot of offensive numbers, which rookie of the year, they don't have to put up like a, an MVP type stat line. They just have to be better than the rest of the rookies. Um, definitely going to be in a position to perform and, and show his medal going into the season from that spot. So I like that. I think the top three, four are definitely worth considering. And there's probably some outside ones that I'd look at too. Do you got anyone in here uh, worth keeping an eye on? Uh, I guess since he's in our, in our backyard, we could look at Cole Komet. Uh, but realistically, mm, I don't really – there's – I think the top is you're going to see one of those first three or four guys win it. I don't think there's a, a dark horse out there. Maybe C.D. Lamb, maybe. But that's – I don't really see anyone on that list that is going to make me change my mind. I think it will be either Joe or Hilaire or, or Tua. I mean, they're all in situations to start. And even Hilaire actually has – like you said, he's walking into the perfect situation, so he's just set up. He just has to go out there and execute. Yeah, I, I think Cole Komet's an interesting bet for putting down 100 bucks and be able to get over 6K back on it. You know, it's nice to think about, but 
the same time, it's hard for a tight end to really compare to the quarterbacks of the league. You know? He doesn't even know who's going to be throwing it to him yet. Yeah, we don't know who's going to be throwing it to yeah. him. It's a scary thought here in Chicago. And I think, you know what, um, that'll kind of tie into later into the, some of the records that we're seeing now posted by Vegas Insider, which is where we're getting a good chunk of these stats from. Um, but let's hop on down to the NFL 2020 Defensive Rookie of the Year's. Uh, top three rounding out is Chase Young, plus 200, Isaiah Simmons, plus 500, and Kenneth Murray, plus 900. Uh, definitely some interesting names in there. Uh, I think it was the third pick, Jeffrey Okuda, right? Third, he was the third pick. Yep. The Lions. Him at plus 1,400. Jim, uh, who do you like to take it home? I hate to play the favorite here, but Chase Young, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be a monster. I got him. He, he's just going to be an impact player from the beginning. Uh, there's, I'm going to be a homer here again. Oh, Jalen Johnson's not actually on the list that we're looking at. He's actually a little bit further down. He'd have been further down. Yeah, this yeah, is the he, top chunk. Like, even he's, just from a Bears perspective, he's plus 6,600. He's not much of a play. He's a good defender. I just – I don't think he's a, much of a playmaker to consider him to be like that sneaky, oh, one of our guys is going to be in there. Mm-hmm. I just pretty much think Chase Young's going to win it as long as he stays healthy. You know, I wouldn't mind thinking maybe a Yeeter could be in there. I, I've always loved that name since the draft, so I'm just going to disclaim that. That's why I would throw a, a casual 100 towards his name for the 5,000 that it would return you, just because I think Yeeter is one of the best names that we saw in the draft. Thoughts? <laughs> That's a very interesting name. Love it. Ye- Yeeter. That's <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Let's, let's flip it to the NFL. Well, the NFL MVP, the king of the kings, the top dog, the big chair. We got the casuals up at the top, the ones you'd expect for the top five. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Deshaun Watson. Going anywhere from plus 400 to plus 2,000. Those are some of the main takeaways. Do you think it's going to be one of those top five guys who get it? I mean, if yeah, if we're betting, Patrick Mahomes is where my money is. But I do think that you could see someone like maybe Kyler Murray get closer than he's – I think he's got the seventh or eighth best odds. A few Oklahoma guys. Hey, Kyler Murray could be a guy that surprises. He's got some interesting things to work with out there in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Now he's got DeAndre Hopkins. You've got Kenyon Drake coming back. Fitz. They also have Christian Kirk. That's an interesting team. And he's got a lot of weapons. So who knows? Any given Sunday. Yeah, that's what they're saying about Baker Mayfield at plus 3,300. Yeah. Not bad. These Oklahoma guys just getting churned out and thrown into the league and putting the MVP odds just like that. So I'm, I'm scanning the list and now I'm getting kind of tired from reading before I find Mitch Trubisky in here. I think actually we cut him off after a certain point. Yeah, him we and, did. Him and, him and Foles uh, were just not, not really coming in on a strong showing. Oh, yeah. It's not good when you have the same odds as the as a rookie quarterback, and your team's expected to try and win a Super Bowl this year. Even worse, Jameis Winston, as a backup quarterback right now, has better odds than both of our starting quarterbacks. Uh, you know, here's the, <laughs> thing. <laughs> here's the thing about this. As the guy that said we're going to be 12-4, and four, the Bears are going to be 12-4, and four, excuse me, I think Vegas is just playing it smart to have their odds because they don't know who's going to be starting yet. It's not really a matter of betting on if the team's going to win or lose, but more so you just don't know, and why would you bet on one of those guys to win the MVP? 
Well, it's a very interesting list. One of the things I noticed earlier too was I thought the running backs were a little shifted for MVP odds. Uh, now, Derrick Henry may be the rushing champion um, from last year. and I think the year before? Just last year. I think, yeah, it was just last year. Well, okay, so be that as it may, he has a plus 4,000 chance of winning the MVP odds. I don't think that's errant by any means, but to say that he has better odds than Christian McCaffrey, who's got a plus 5,000, who does that much more out of the backfield in terms of receiving, if we're really ever going to have a running back overcome a quarterback for an MVP, I got to think it's going to be from the guy who is more versatile from the backfield. Now, yeah, Derrick Henry could catch a quick screen pass and bulldoze through and still rush from the outside in terms, but Christian McCaffrey's a, a blown-out wide receiver who could go 15 yards down the field and make a play. Uh, wouldn't him or someone like Barkley be more what you would think to be an MVP from a running back position? Absolutely. I think versatility helps them, especially in today's league. But the numbers are the numbers. I think those guys do have better chances in case, you know, say Tannehill's not doing what he was doing last year, and then all of a sudden teams are stacking eight in the box and Henry's getting stopped. You have to have other ways to be uh, successful. So for those two guys in particular, Barkley and McCaffrey, they can catch the ball. If the run game's not working, they, they can still help the team. So that makes – to me that – like I'm, I'm agreeing with you, that makes them more valuable in my eyes if I'm drafting a player. But if Derrick Henry's got successful quarterback play, then he's got just as good a chance, in my, my opinion. Speaking of chances, we like to talk about the Bears' chances every once in a while. And to revisit a bet that we've already rehashed twice now, um, <laughs> we've bet on what the record would be within the division, and now we've seen what the Vegas odds are for the Bears overall. Jim, would you like to enlighten us on what the Bears' record is per Vegas? Well, the Bears' over-under for wins this year is set at eight. So essentially Vegas is putting the Bears to win eight games this year, making you choose. Will they, over, will they go over and win like what I said, tw- go 12-4? and four, Or will they lean more towards Zach at 6-10? and 10? That's uh, for you the better to figure it out. Let me just start with this really quick. Well, if that's what Vegas has, then in terms of what our bets were, obviously not knowing what they were putting down, me at 6-10 and 10 being two off of what they had and you being four off, you really hammered the over on this one. You really came in swinging <laughs> for Mitch and the boys. I would say more, more so the defense and Mitch because ah. this defense is what's going to win the team a lot of games. They just need consistent quarterback play. So, yeah, I'm really high on this Bears team because the schedule's weak. The defense is great. They just have to stay healthy and muster up some offense just a little bit. Not a lot, baby girl, just a little bit each week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I personally can't say that I think this is going to be a weak schedule for us, but the games will play themselves. We're going to see. We're going to find out, one, first, who do we even have at quarterback? And then from there we're going to see, well, is this – a week schedule or is this just a team that is kind of falling from grace after a couple years ago being replaced from the playoffs? Where are we at now? What do we do next? What happens? Zach, I just have to disagree because logically this defense, this defense is as long as it stays healthy. You got to remember 
Khalil was playing hurt last year. Akeem Hicks missed a lot of games. The defense wasn't whole last year. If this if the defense stays healthy, this team is a double digit winner for sure. I I know I went high on the twelve and four, but they'll win ten games at least, as long as that defense is healthy. Well, what I would like to think with this is I'm gonna I'm gonna use what the Cubs did for this last year before like I think it was Rizzo who said we're a shoddy start away from being a rebuild team, right? Is that something that was, I believe, said from yes. Rizzo this year, more or less paraphrased? Um, I, I could see that with this Bears team as well, that if they really kick the can in the first few games and they come out in a sputtered record and they don't really see the quality of play, you know, it's not about just the wins and losses, you know, were we competing? Were we moving the ball downfield? Okay, well, we're not. Well, then we might have to start reloading to try and get some offensive pieces. And how do you do that? You have to move the quality pieces you currently have. That puts some people applicable for a trade. My thoughts. I don't know. What are yours? Uh, unfortunately, you're right. If, if the Bears, for some reason, stumble out of the gate and you're looking at a one and three start, two and four, two and five, yeah, maybe it's time to start talking about maybe it's time to rebuild. I just don't foresee that happening. But if you're speaking that way, if that does happen, then, yeah, you have to start looking at the rebuild and try to build this team and maybe tank and get the, you know, get a top five pick and rebuild it. Not that we can go into this now because we'll have to go into it another time. Really <laughs> flesh it out. But well, like I, um, said, I would love a quarterback from the next draft, I'll tell you this much. Like I said, I am 100% on the Bears. The Bears are making the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm all in on that. So it's hard for me to see that point of view right now. But if you – yeah, if you put me in those shoes and that is what happens, okay, we start we start rebuilding. You want to make a bet off this one? Nah, we, not you know, yet. It would be a simple one. Okay, what, what do you got? What do you got? A wax bet. Ooh. One, one strip, one strip. Where? chest i think i don't know i'm not a very hairy guy i'm not i'm not either man I'm we can dis- we can discuss where but can we casually say that there's one on for a bears playoff appearance that's it the only contingency is they make it they don't have to that doesn't yeah. even mean 12 wins. oh yeah 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 all yeah. right it's on we have a wax bet a i say they're not bet. making the playoffs Jim says they're making the playoffs. We'll throw that in there. Well, so, so just for that, for that though, like, yeah, I, maybe, maybe I'll sprout some Chester over time, or maybe you will, because it's probably going to be you that's going to have to do the waxing. Oh, well, we'll find out. We're we'll doubling out. down, baby. <laughs> well, let's hit the uh, last segment of the day. One thing we did want to touch oh, we, on. We did. Oh, I forgot Super Bowl odds. Super Bowl oh, odds. Oh, Super Bowl odds. All right, let's hit Super Bowl odds. What are the Super Bowl odds? Bears are forty to one. Is that all we were going to touch Four, on that? 40 to 1. That is the third best in the division. <laughs> you couldn't just say it's the <laughs> second worst? Pack, nope. <laughs> it's on the bottom half? That's just Vegas, though. You can beat Vegas. It happens once in a while. Yeah, it could happen. Who, who, I, do we, who are we compared to? Like, what teams in the league are around our, our odds? Oh, those odds there. Uh, let's see. Because I got to imagine that we're not near the Pack. I mean, not like right next to the Packers. We're not right next to the Bucks. We're not right next to the Saints. No, the Bucks are way up there. The Bucks are way up there. 
Are we like they, in Bill, Bill's territory? No, the Bills are ahead of us as well. Okay. So the, the Eshawana teams the Bears are with here, the Falcons and the Browns have the same odds as the Bears. What? I mean, the Browns the, are optimistic, but the Falcons are on the other side of the, the slide already. The, the Rams have better odds than us, which I disagree with. I, yeah, this is That's a team that the, we cow, the Cowboys have better odds than the Bears. What the? Why are you surprised by that? I top five passer last year. I just I I don't think the Cowboys are that good. They got a running back. They have a quarterback who could throw, and they got a couple wide receivers. I mean, they'll be okay. Yeah, I just I don't see them as a contender. Well. Yeah, we just, you're we right. just want to be in the race. That's all we want to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think yeah, this is a little bit of a slap in the Bears' face, but it's modest. I mean, that's probably the. It's a lot of people are lukewarm on the Bears. They think the Bears are probably a 500 team, and that's pretty much a 500 projection yeah, for the need, uh, betting odds. We need some pep up. That's what we need. Absolutely. Speaking of some pep up, now we can talk about the. Uh, your favorite Chicago sports moment. Zach, what is your favorite Chicago sports moment? So I know we wanted to talk about like some more personal things to us and, you know, closer to sports, Chicago. A lot of people don't know anything about us that do listen to these. We do have random listeners that just tune in, hear a podcast, hear us give our opinions, our thoughts, and they don't really exactly know who are the guys we're listening to. What, what, what about those suckers? What are they? What's up with them? Well, here's a little something. You get to find out our favorite Chicago sports moment. Mine happened to be from the Chicago Cubs back in 98. Comes at the, uh, the toll of a little Kerry Wood. The 20 strikeout game. The most dominant pitching game in sports history. This is the only time I've ever seen sliders look like curveballs and curveballs drop like Ephesus, but still be thrown <laughs> at about 76 miles an hour. The fastball looked like after it got out of Kerry Wood's hands, it was already in the catcher's mitt, and the catcher looked surprised that they caught it. I mean, the batters physically look so frustrated that it's the first time I've ever seen a major league game where I think every player wanted to break the bat in some way, shape, or form after one of their plate appearances. He went through the killer bees and did what he did. He didn't just do it against some schmucks. I believe there was a Moises Alou in there. And we got a classic Moises Alou scowl. There's yes. so many classic things about that game. And the fact that it was almost a no-hitter as well with a debatable error at third base, it's something that lives in lore. I think the only game that uh, baseball statistics have close to as being close to being as dominant was Clayton Kershaw's 15 no-walk strikeout game, I think it was. I'll have to look, we'll look it up and fact check it for you guys. But, I mean – that kind of dominance is what got me into baseball in the first place. It's what made me want to be a pitcher. You know, I ended up donning the number 34 in my later college years, purely out of the respect for him. You know, you get the Bryce Harper chirps for sure, but it all goes back to Kid K and the strikeout artist himself. I mean, when I see K's out in the stands, like that's who I'm thinking of. I think of that performance. I think of that kind of electricity coming from someone's arm. And I think that's what excited me about baseball. There are a lot of things that people don't like about baseball. That was one of the things that made me want to go play every single day when I was a kid. So that's my favorite moment. That indeed was a, that was a very good moment. That was a great summer. 
Sosa was hitting a lot of home runs then too. Kerry Wood was the electric starter. And just that was a fun team. That was a really fun team. That you're everything you said, I hundred percent that's exactly how I saw it. He was he was just not gonna be hit that day. Mm. Wicked. Absolutely goes, wicked. Goes right into the 30 for 30 that's coming out next week, too, on ESPN. <laughs> Long gone summer. It plays pretty well into that because that, that is that era that kind of saved baseball there in that, that window. So, Yeah, that was a good time. Good, really good time for baseball. So what are we going to do for, for yours? What do you got for us? You got to hit us with a whammy. What's your favorite Chicago sports moment, Jim? Well, I'm going to back it up and double it down with another baseball one. And, of course, that is the Cubs win in the 2016 World Series. That everything about that season, the playoff run, everything about it was storybook. We waited for so long as fans, obviously never in our lifetime, pretty much in a lot of people's never in their lifetime. I don't know that there might have been anyone alive the last time the Cubs won a World Series. Mm. I'm sure there's a couple, but – it just it meant a lot to so many different people, um, and and just for in my personal s- situation, um, my grandfather was really sick at the time, and in a family full of Cardinals fans, my grandpa marries into the family, and uh, he happens to be a Cubs fan. So unlike most of my cousins, I've always been a Cubs fan, and getting to watching my grandpa get to see them win it all before he had passed away uh, was a very special moment for me personally. I'll just tell you guys two separate stories about it. Uh, one was when we were at the doctors, we're watching, um, watching ESPN and the Cubs are down three to one. They're talking about the series and I'm getting ready to leave and my grandpa says they better get their crap together, for lack of for lack of the word he used. Uh, so they better get it together. They got to win this one. Well, sure enough, they they did. And just the morning after getting ready for work, hearing him say, you know, they finally did it. They finally did it. Just hearing that excitement in his voice means so much to me. Just. He was in his 70s, and to finally see this Cubs team that he's always liked win it all, that was a really special moment. And I'm sure there's many tons of Cubs fans out there that have each of their own stories and how this affected them and their family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it just meant a lot to me on a personal level. And, of course, just getting to see your favorite team of all time win and then just the people you get to share it with. It was my favorite sports moment by far. I think a lot of people would tend to agree with you on that one. I think they, you picked one that has a lot of soft spots for a lot of people. And obviously your grandpa, great person overall. Um, great moments from the Cubs that year. Things that some people, again, waited a lifetime for. And it really hits home. So it's a good, that's a good story, man. I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, it's just it, – it's from the heart, man, and uh, sports can do that. It can bring people together in a lot of different ways, and it it means a lot to people. And for what we're going through right now in the world and as a country, um, between the police brutality and COVID and, 
and everything going on. Um, within the right means, hopefully we can get some sports back and uh, hopefully we can start getting some stuff on, in front of us. I, I like what I'm hearing as far as what some of the sports stances are going to be towards Black Lives Matter movement. Um, as far as how some of the kneeling and the protesting is going to be, I, I think it's going to be good to get that in front of everybody and let them know, you know, just see everything and get to have sports back in front of us and just take our minds off, get a break. I think it'll be quality relief that a lot of people are looking for because, yeah, I think you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And sports, I think, is no different than a lot of other facets in our life that were taken away in the past three months. So. A lot of things have changed, some for the some for better. And um, it's very curious to see how the second half of this year is going to kick in. So, Jim, do you got any other notes for the rest of the show? Uh, no, no, not at this time, Zach. I think I got all my thoughts off here today. Well, this has been podcast number five for Windy City Bro Pen. Um, we will have a giveaway at uh, number eight, $100. We'll give you guys some more information on how we're going to go ahead and go about doing that. Otherwise, uh, for Windy City Bro Pen, my name's Zach. Jim? Oh, it's good to be back again, Zach. Uh, I can't wait to get back on again. We've got the long gone summer. I can't wait to break that one down. That'll be the next topic. So for both of us here, it's Windy City Bro Pen. Y'all have a great night. Peace.